Hey, my name is Jason. I get to be the pastor of Church in the Wild. And I just wanted to thank you for choosing to jump on here with us. We have sermons. We have more than just sermons, though. We have dialogue, conversations, interest of members of our church, my interest, so much more. All of the things that make us the wild. Thanks for jumping on. You matter. If you have a Bible, I'm going fast. I had a lot of coffee. If you have a Bible, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I've got a lot of verses, so just, just bear with me here. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read verses 15 through 17, and then 23 through 26. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. Their words will eat as a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus. Verse 23, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God prevents will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the way that uh, we are able to learn even from monsters. And Lord, the way that you can open your word up and you can, you can show us how to deal with difficult people. Lord, we thank you for um, just the way that you move in so many of our lives to bring us here safely today. I firmly believe that you brought each and every one of us here for a very specific reason. And it's no accident that we are here from all the different walks of life and times and places. And we took different roads to get here, Lord, but it was all because you had a plan for us today. So I pray, Lord, that we would not miss that, that plan that you have. Lord, and, and speaking of monsters and dealing with difficult people, we are reminded that coffee always helps us deal with difficult people. There's nothing that makes it easier to deal with someone who's difficult than a nice, warm cup of coffee. So we thank you for coffee. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think we can all agree to that. We've been on this series. This is our second week of this series uh, called Monsters, where we look back at old movie monsters. Uh, we did this last fall, and we're doing it this year. And We look at old movie monsters, and we try to learn life lessons from these monsters, and we, we find out how scriptures teach us how to deal with people who can just be difficult to deal with. And we learn something. I think all movies will teach us this. You cannot run a monster. You just can't. Like, no matter how hard you try in the movies, the monster always catches up to you at the end. No matter how fast you are, how athletic you are, no matter how strong you are, the monster catches up to you in the end. We learned that with difficult people, you can't outrun them. They're going to be everywhere you go. You can move to a different state, and there will be someone there who's difficult to deal with. You can't outrun them. You can come all the way from Brazil to America, and there will be people here who are difficult to deal with, just like there are people there who are difficult to deal with. Why? Because people are difficult to deal with. So you can't outrun them, right? You also can't hide from them. We learn that in movies, the people who try to hide from monsters, it never works. They always find you. And the same is true about life. 
if there's difficult people and you try to spend your life, well, I'll just never voice my opinion. I'll just never say this or I'll never, I'll just, I'll just always hide. They always seem to find us. We've talked about, we're going to talk about five different monsters in this series. Number one, last week, we talked about the bride of Frankenstein. How do you deal with someone who consistently lets you down? What do you do? This week, we're going to talk about Cyclops. He's a person who only sees things from their point of view. We'll talk about the Wolfman next year. It's a person who is afraid and they use fear on us. We'll talk about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. This is a person, you never know what you're going to get with them. You could talk to them and say, you can make fun of their college football team on one day, and they're cool with it. And the next week, they're not cool with it. And this week, I'm not cool with it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, and then lastly, we'll talk about the Invisible Man. That's the hardest one to see. Today, I want to talk about Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops is a, actually a Greek myth mythological character. Uh, it was a person that would be famous for hiding behind these mountains and rocks, and they would throw rocks at boats that were passing by. And if you happened to land on their island, you were in trouble because they would try to find you with their one big eye, and they would try to eat you, right? But there's actually very few people realize a 1957 movie in all of its 1957 glory and awesome special effects where the guy grabs and misses, but somehow he grabs them, right? It, it's, it's called Cyclops. And so this movie... It's about a man who goes on a trip, he goes into a part of Mexico, and as he's there, there's a nuclear explosion. His plane crashes, his wife spends three years looking for him. She finally gets a crew together, and they get in an airplane, and they fly towards the place where he last was. And of course, their plane crashes. They land, and there's all these giant mutated creatures who are chasing them everywhere, like every great movie has. And there is this massive man there with one eye who continually tries to chase them. He's very angry. In fact, he's so angry that he doesn't even realize that it's his wife that he's trying to chase because as a spoiler alert, look, I'm not gonna spoil alert the movie Joker for you, but if it's a movie from 1957, I feel like I can say without spoiler alert what happens, it ends up being the husband. And, and they, like, they have to try to escape him and he's so angry that he can only see his anger. But the way that they escape him it's because he can only see from one eye. So they can go around him and get away from him, right? I was, I was watching this movie and I was thinking about this series and I thought, boy, there are so many times in my life that I only see things from one point of view. And there are so many people who we all have to deal with regularly who can only see things from one point of view and that point of view is theirs. We all know them. It's the person who on Thanksgiving dinner wants to talk politics. And the rest of us head for the television. Doesn't matter if the Lions are gonna lose or not, we're gonna watch that as opposed to start discussing everything wrong with our current political situation, right? Um, they're the political talker at Thanksgiving. It's the boss who thinks that any idea that isn't his idea is a bad idea. This is a Cyclops. It's the one who can never, ever be wrong. And if they are wrong, they're going to spend the next two days finding five things that you did wrong and bringing those things up because they feel bad about being wrong about one other thing. It's the person who thinks any change is bad. Why? Because they're, they're stuck to their one point of view. It's the one who is never going to be to blame for anyone. 
I wrote this one down. Uh, it's the one who's in the wrong lane yelling at all the people who are in the right lane for being in the way. Like that is, like if you've ever seen that, that's a Cyclops, all right? You can write it down. This guy was in the 1957 movie, right? Um, Cyclops love to post things on Instagram. Uh, they have this, this picture of them looking, you know, where they think they look very beautiful and they add this quote. This is a regular Cyclops quote. Don't worry about making mistakes. It's the only way to learn. Which is like the worst advice ever. Like that's not true. That may sound cool. There's so many better ways to learn than making mistakes, right? Like you can learn. Like imagine if I told my daughter, here's the keys to my Jeep, just drive it. I know you're three. Don't worry about making mistakes. It's the only way to learn how to drive. That's a terrible idea. And yet in life, we somehow think, well, I'm only going to learn if I make the mistake, right? Truthfully, you can learn by watching other people make mistakes. It's so much better. <laughs> like, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, it's so much easier. You can learn by just finding someone who you trust and saying, hey, the Bible says in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. There's, you can ask 20 people, hey, what do you guys think? That's a much better way than, than by making mistakes. Um, we all have a Cyclops around us. And, and if, by the way, right now you're like, no, I don't know anyone who doesn't agree with me on everything. I, I mean, I don't want to tell you, but right, like you're probably the Cyclops, right? I think we all at times are this person and we all know that person. And truthfully, this is the monster that you can't outrun. I've tried to outrun these people. I had one time, this is, a, this is a, a very sadly true story. I had a pastor who was a fan of the same sports team that I'm a fan of. I don't say it because of the state we live in. Um, and I made a mistake and put something on social media bashing that team. And so this guy jumped on and was like, you're wrong. They're better than Urban Meyer and his team. And, and I made the mistake of arguing with that person for a while. And then my Facebook just started to just boom, 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 boom. Like it just started. Like this person was taking articles, copying them, and adding them to my comments. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and delete this conversation. That'll solve it. I'm going to run from the monster. Delete. All of a sudden, Instagram, I get tagged. Hey, if you're so-and-so and you don't know what you're talking about, here's a few things to help you. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh no, I ended, up, I ended up deleting them off of Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And they figured out how to Facebook message me and started messaging me. Bro, if you just learned something about football, and they just started going after me. I had to delete my Facebook messenger, and I thought, I'm good, I'm safe. They got my, this is a very, I know pastors always say it's a true story. This is a 100% true story. They got my text, my number from somebody. And at 12.30 at night started texting me. You're such an idiot. I can't believe you don't believe. Like, and just, if you were a real fan. And I was like, what is happening in my life right now? Are you going to come murder me? Like, is that next? And this went on for hours. It was four in the morning before they stopped texting me. Amen. And the way they stopped texting me is I sent the, I stopped replying and I sent them a verse, answer not a fool in his folly. 
And then they replied, I don't think you're a fool, I just think you're dumb. And I was like, all right, I'm just not going to talk anymore, right? You can't outrun these people. You, you can't outrun a cyclops because if you run from them, they're going to chase you. You also can't hide from them. They are at every church, every small group, every job, every family dinner, and every event. There's someone who is convinced that their opinion is right and everybody else needs to have the same opinion. So, if you can't outrun them and you can't hide from them, what do you do? How do you deal with them? How do you handle this person? Because odds are, odds are very high that this is a mid-level person at your job. And they've made it to mid-level by giving their opinion and by squashing everybody else's. And so you're going to have to learn how to handle them and deal with them. So how do we do this? Number one, we have to pick our battles. You have to pick your battle. And they will be battles. I use that word on purpose because anytime you try to tell a cyclops they're wrong, it turns into a fight. It will be a battle. And it's sad, but that's how it goes. And if you have to get your point across at some point, you have to pick which point you're going to get across. You have to pick your battle. 2 Timothy 2, 16 and 17, shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as does a canker. 2 Timothy 2, 23, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they gender strife. Continually arguing with a cyclops about everything and anything will only destroy you. The Bible says it eats like a canker, like a canker. It's a word meaning a disease that corrupts a part of the body and unless treated will continually spread and attack the entire body, eating and rotting it away. This idea is that if we continually argue with someone over and over and over and over and over and over and again, it will eventually eat us away until we become bitter and angry and we become the Cyclops. That's this idea is that if there's a bitter, angry person and they want to start fights all the time and we give in and we just fight them daily on everything, eventually we become that person. The, um, uh, Titus 3.9 says, avoid foolish questions, genealogies and contentions and striving about the law. They're unprofitable and vain. This is my favorite one. Proverbs 12.15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. You cannot win every argument with this person. So you have to pick your battles. You can't lead or teach someone if you are continually arguing with them. You can't lead or teach someone if you're continually arguing with them. So we have to pick the things that we're going to stand for. I think this is extremely true on social media. I think, truthfully, we spend so much time as Christians arguing things and they're not the gospel. And so we, we, we're confused on why people don't respect our opinion about the gospel. But it's because we've spent the last six months telling them everything they need to change in their life. You can't lead or teach someone if you're constantly arguing with them. You have to pick the battle. You have to decide, hey, this is worth discussing. I'm going to let that one go. Because you know what? This is, this is going to help me. Next, we have to pick our time. Pick our time. Why? Because when emotions are high, wisdom is usually low. To pick your time, because when emotions are high, wisdom is usually low. You've got to know when you're going to have this discussion with someone. If you're going to tell someone, hey, you're really wrong about this, 
The time to do it is not when they're having a bad day. Truthfully. Like when your spouse comes home ticked off from work, that's not the time to tell them, by the way, clean up your socks. Right? Like that's not the time to add to the issue. Pick your time. So true, uh, true confessions. I can very much be a cyclops on a Sunday. Very true confession. I believe my, my job as a pastor is to preach and it is to make sure that every person who comes through this door is loved and accepted and welcomed. And I believe those are my two jobs. And so there's people who will come to me with brilliant ideas, but I'm so focused on one thing that I think, boy, this is a great idea. And by Tuesday, I can't remember it. I just can't. I try and I can't. Right? Why? We have to pick our times. It's also why I try to tell my wife, hey, listen, on Sunday night, I don't want to know what I said wrong. Because I'm already worn out and exhausted. If you can hold off on like what I need to fix in my, uh, my message until Tuesday... I guarantee you it will turn out a whole lot better than if you tell me, hey, you said this wrong, right? Right? Why? Pick your times. Because when emotions are high, wisdom is usually low. I'm emotional on Sunday. I'm, I'm worn out. I'm drained. It's a spiritual battle to preach. It's a, it's a spirit. You fight demonic forces every time you open the Bible. So my emotions are high. So my wisdom can get very low. So when someone tells me, hey, bro, if you just... Stop wearing jean jackets. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Why do you hate me? <laughs> right? Pick your times. Pick your battles. Pick your times. Listen, this is so true in, in, in family matters. Right? When our spouse is being a cyclops. But listen, if their team lost that day, it's not the time to tell them 37 things they need to fix in their life. Right? If they had a bad day at home and their kids tore up everything and stuff just was, you know, the house was on fire at one point, you know, like all of that. It's not the time then to be like, you know what? Yeah, if you fix this, this would be, that's not the time, right? Pick your battles, pick your time. Number three, super practically, pick your people, pick your people. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy, and the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. I don't feel like I'm great at very many things. I was talking to Brian Sanchez about this last night. Brian Archer can make this, this place look like this. This place would look like a hurricane if I tried to do that. Chuck can figure out the computers back there on the fly while stuff is, is malfunctioning and shutting down. We would end up being watching OSU football replays in the middle of the sermon if I was back there trying to feel like, well, I don't know what's going on, right? I don't think there's a lot of things I'm really good at. One thing I'm good at is figuring out, hey, you know what? This person values the opinion of that person, so I'm going to have that person give the idea that I have to that person. And that is a life. Let me tell you, I used to work at a job where it didn't matter what I said, it wasn't going to get done. I had a pe people above me, and they, I wasn't connected to them the way that, that other people were, so my ideas were just like, nope, right? What I learned was, 
if I can figure out who is connected and give them, and hey, don't you think this would be a good idea? And then when they're like, I do think that would be a good idea, I'm like, boy, you should tell the boss your idea. What a great idea. And then we go into the next meeting, and they're like, I got an idea. And it gets approved, right? Pick your people. We all have people that we value and that we listen to. My wife is learning this. I have a, a counselor and a coach. And that guy, I go to him about everything. And sometimes I will come home and tell her, this pastor, who's where I want to be in 10 years, like he, he's got the wisdom that I'm seeking. He said this. And my wife will say, I've been telling you that for two years. <laughs> but you know what happened is, is that certain, I go to him and I'm ready to learn. And I'm like, okay, sit down, teach me. I got my pen out. And she'll tell me the same thing while we're driving down the road. And I was crying. And it was just in one ear and out the other, right? So she's learning, hey, why don't you go ask Travis this question? She's learning. Pick your people, right? Because we all have certain people that we learn from. Here's where the real problem comes in. We want to say, I told you that already. So we have to ask ourselves, is it more important that that person knows what is right or that they know it was us who told them what was right? This is where you really have to seek out your motive. Do you really want your boss to learn how to improve the business or are you more concerned with, I want my boss to know it was me that told him how to improve the business. Do you really want your spouse to learn, hey, this is the way to save money? Or do you want your spouse to know it was me who told you how to save money? You should listen to me all the time. We have to learn what is our true motive. Do we just want them to learn what's right? Do we want that family member who shows up and blasts political talk? Do we want them to learn like, boy, no, this is really the truth. Or do we want them to know that we were the one who set them straight that one Thanksgiving dinner? You know the answer to that. I can't tell you your answer. But you have to really think through that and really understand that. Next, we have to pick people. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We have to pick who we go to. Sorry, I already said that. Pick who you go to. Pray. Pray before you're going to have the conversation. Always go to God before you go to the person. If you know this person is wrong, let's just say they're involved in a serious sin and you know it. And you know that God wants you to fix and go to them and say, listen, I, I know you're struggling with it. I don't think you should be doing this. Don't you think that you should go to God first before having that conversation? We have to pick who we go to. I am by no means telling you to go to other people about this person. Just because I'm saying like, hey, go to, go to someone they know, they listen. don't go to them and be like, I can't believe what they did. Do you know what they did? Listen, don't go to other people. Go to God and then go to them. Go to God always first. Why? Because you may say it right, but in the wrong attitude. You may have the right attitude and say it completely wrong. I've done both. And if I would just go to God first and be like, God, 
I know that this could be addressed and fixed. Can you give me the wisdom that I so desperately need? Because I can't do this on my own. It solves so many things. Why? Because, because God knows so much better how to deal with them than we do. He knows. So next, pick your perspective. Pick your perspective. Consider, <laughs> this is the hard one, consider the option that they may be right about it the whole time. And maybe it's you that needs to learn. See, what happens is when we encounter a cyclops, they tend to turn us into a cyclops. I mean, if you listen to talk radio, you got one station, they only have one point of view, and you go to the next station, and they only have one point of view, and neither one of them is ever going to change their mind. Right? What have they become? They've turned each other into a cyclops. Why? Because when someone is consistently only one-sided in every opinion, it eventually makes us become the same way. Like, we eventually become, you know what? I'll tell you, and we're never willing to admit we're wrong anymore. So, what if you're wrong and they're right? We have to pick the right perspective. Do you love being right, or do you love to learn and do what is right? Your spouse may be wrong about everything in the week, and they may be right about the one thing that's going to change your life. Ouch. <laughs> right? Your employee may have the worst ideas ever, and God may have brought them into your office to teach you how to change and revolutionize your business, but if you have the wrong perspective, it will never happen. If we allow Cyclops to turn us into Cyclops, we will never grow and learn and develop the way God wants us to develop. So sometimes we have to say, you know what? My sister, who's wrong about everything, is actually right, and I need to learn. You know what? My brother, yeah, my brother tells me everything I do wrong. I'm the youngest, right? So my, my whole family's like, Jason, you're wrong about everything, right? Sometimes they're right, and it's painful, but sometimes they're right. Listen, young adult, sometimes your dad is right. Sometimes. He may be wrong about other things, but if you have the right perspective, you'll learn the thing that he's right about. Sometimes moms are right. Sometimes your boss is right. Sometimes your husband is right. Sometimes your spouse is right. So if we go in, set up saying, you know what, I'm just, you know, you're wrong. No, you're just wrong. We'll never learn what we could have learned. What if that person who's wrong about everything else is there to change your life? And God brought him in. But we've allowed a cyclops to turn us into a cyclops. And so we say, I'm not going to listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. Pick your perspective. Do you love being right or do you love to learn what is right? The way the Bible says it is that it's an honor to recognize that you're wrong and change your opinion. It's an honor to God. Like when we recognize, you know, I'm wrong and I need to change my opinion. God views that way. That person is honored. Now, we view it in our culture as weak. But in God's eyes, it's an honor. It's a strength to say, I have spent 35 years of my life being wrong, and I'm going to change this and fix this. Next, pick your scriptures. Pick your scriptures. Psalm chapter 119, verse 165. 
create peace that they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We read this earlier, but James chapter 3, 17 and 18. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So before you go in to have this conversation, study what the Bible has to say about it first. Just read the Bible about it. Right? Here's why. Because if they're a believer, they can't argue with the Bible. They can argue with you all day. But if it's in the Bible and they believe that the Bible is God's word, they can't argue with God. So if you know, hey, you know what? I know this person's wrong, but you don't want to turn it into a personal knockdown drag out fight. Hey, God was showing me this and I wanted to show it to you. If they are a believer, they cannot argue with the Bible. God can speak the truth so much better than we ever could. Well, hey, thanks for jumping on and joining us in the wild. Let me just uh, talk to you really quick about Anchor. Anchor is this amazing product uh, where you can upload and make your own podcast. And the best thing about it is that it's absolutely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcasts, all of that, plus many, many more. And you can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.